Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Sheila. And here for a special bonus episode, because long story short, um, the the cracker you're going to hear on Thursday is the worst episode of the series so far, and real a real downer, consequently. Yeah. So we thought let's... Uh, even though we recorded it yesterday, we're like, you know what? Let's let's have something fun for everybody on Tuesday, since uh, <laughs> we get so bitterly angry on Thursday. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. We could have rewritten, but we didn't want to rewrite. No. Nope. 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 Oh. Uh, so we thought, and uh, you'll hear us talking about this a bit, uh, is that Sheila's just been watching Hunters on my recommendation, and I had already watched Hunters. So we're like, hey, let's talk about the first season of Hunters. You've only seen the first season, right? I've only, I did not. Start I, season two. Okay. I, I, I was a good girl. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't start season two. Well, and this is not, a th- I'm not saying you're not going to enjoy season two, but uh, I'll tell you at the end of this, just something to keep in mind before you start season two, which will invariably happen the minute we stop <laughs> recording. Because I remember how I was when I finished season one. I'm like, well, better get on to season two right away. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I waited. Uh, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll get right to it. Okay. Now, Hunters. Funniest part of the uh, show, Hunters, by far, is that it starts and there's a big, it starts and there's a big thing on the front page on Amazon. Oh, we're assuming everyone's seen the show. This is going to be all spoilers. We're not oh, going to yeah, be like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. No, no. We're not going to be not uh, spoiling this thing to the. <laughs> yeah. No, no. You, you have to if we yeah, want to talk about it. If we were doing it, if we had chosen. Week by week, yeah. Episode, by episode, it would be different. Oh, totally. Right? But, but no. we did. But we've waited, you know, three years to talk about this show. It's fine. Uh, so, yeah, we will be spoiling it, just FYI, if you want to go and watch it, which I recommend you do. If you haven't seen it yet, go ahead and watch Hunters. Like, oh, yeah. it has it, your recommendation as my recommendation. Uh, but, yes, it's it says based on a, a based on true events. And, I mean, as I, as I always say, there is a person named Simon Wiesenthal who did hunt Nazis. Uh, that but part is true. That. Other than that, none of the events are true, except, and this is to the show's credit, everything it says about Operation Paperclip is 100% true. Like every th- single thing it says about the Nazis that America brought over after the war. Yeah, that's all completely true. Yeah. And... It honestly feels like it's, it's weird. And I think it's just because we're old people. The, the idea that you would have to make a TV show to let people know about Operation Paperclip is kind of crazy. <laughs> but then I was thinking about it. I'm like, I don't think they teach about Operation Paperclip in schools. Like, no. Do you, no. yeah, do you, do you think that like, and I mean, maybe this is a little too mean for me to say, but do you think in American schools, people are going and in 10th grade civics, they're like, and then at the end of world war two, uh, America switched sides and teamed up with the Nazis to fight, uh, communists. Like they're probably not getting told that, right? And in what world do you think that they would be told? Okay. That? Yeah, so, I mean, to me, the idea, it seemed faintly ridiculous to start that you would need a whole show to explain Operation Paperclip to people. But I'm like, actually, you know what? You kind of do, though. And I, think- I will 
I will tell you. Yes, you do, because nobody much knows about it. It was somebody, one of my students, and I can't even remember, 10, 12 years ago, wanted to do his, oh, it had to be, it would had to be an upper level. His, his, we must have been doing war. Yeah. So the last time I taught my sort of world war class, worldwide war class. Right. Uh, normally, I don't deal with World War One and World War Two in that because that gets covered all the time in Canadian history, American. Of course. History. I'm just setting the stage here. So he wanted to do his his. Well, he had so much trouble finding. He actually asked asked for documents out of Washington. Finding information about like articles. Well, you know, you have to have primary sources of and course. secondary sources and primary sources. Well, you still haven't told us the topic of the paper. So Operation Paperclip. Well, yeah, but you didn't say that. <laughs> no, of course people were. Uh, of course, there's primary. There's no primary sources. Nobody talked about it. Yeah. I mean, it was unbelievably difficult to, for him to find anything. Yeah. He persevered, and I mean, he would have gotten a really good mark because he picked a really difficult topic. <laughs> no, you know, it's a hard thing to research. About it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I knew. I mean, you. I mean, they would have talked about uh, Brandt, for example. Oh no, Werner von Braun. Von Braun. Yeah. Right. Everybody talked about von Braun because he he rocketed us to the moon, so to speak. Oh yeah. Were, like he was, he was in such the public eye that like you yes. couldn't, they couldn't deny they had him, that he's the guy who got America to the moon. And he yeah. is. The guy. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's very interesting when they, when they deal with uh, Von Braun in this episode. I know it was, that was, that was a nice touch putting in Von Braun. Yeah. Well, you know, the one that everybody's whose whose name everybody would know. Yeah. The one people have actually heard of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, it was an interesting touch. All, well, I we, we'll we can talk about that, but I don't think that that was a very good presentation. Of Prote <laughs> no, it wasn't at all. But it was nice seeing Judd Hirsch. Well, it was nice seeing Judd Hirsch, but but being no. Simon Wiesenthal. But I'm going. I've seen Simon Wiesenthal. I know. I know. It's... Somehow or another, it just didn't. I thought Al Pacino would have made a better Simon <laughs> Kind of. Yeah. So, all right. So before we get into the show proper, it's just, it is worth mentioning that there's a giant timeline problem in the show and that Ruth and uh, Meyer are way too old. Yeah. Yeah. They, they shouldn't have been this old. No, they should both be in their fifties. Yeah. Uh, it should have been. Because they are explicitly in their early to mid twenties. In the concentration camp stuff, which is all happening in 1943, 1944. Yeah. Meaning that these characters, I mean, you know, Al Pacino's oh. 82. The woman playing Ruth is like 77. These, these should be characters in their fifties. I did the math and for Jonah to be, uh, like, uh, his, the grandson of oh. Ruth. So he has to be your age. No, uh, no grandson. I said. Uh, no, no. It has to be your age 
Oh yes, no, no, no. no. You be because no, no. This is only no. That's what I'm. Yes, that's what I'm getting at. So I did the math, and Jonah is 18 years old in the plot of the thing, and it's 1977. Now that means he was born in 1959. Uh, She's pregnant in November of 1944, meaning her daughter. Uh, Jonah's mother was born in 1945, meaning Jonah had to have been born when his mother was 14 years old. No, she, I, I, I thought she was pregnant in 45. No, it's 44. November 44 is when okay, the Russians November free the 44. camp. Yeah. yeah. No, that's so, why I said November yeah. 44. Yeah. So and she gave birth in 45. That's my point. Yeah. Meaning Jonah's mother had to be 14 years old when he was born. And that just seems weird. So yeah, Jonah really should be a, again, a 30, like a 31 year old man or 32 year old man who who gets pulled into this when his mother is killed. Okay. So if they, yes. And she should, yes. And their daughter should have gotten married in the sixties. So he would have been, so he should be actually probably older than you. Oh yeah. Like, no, it's, it's insane. If, if, if you follow that, but even, but then, but, but the problem that. is they want to set the show in the seventies, a for the fashion and B because, you know, and it's not a spoiler because everyone knows what's happened. The seventies is the latest time when Hitler could reasonably still be alive. Yeah. He was born in the 19th century. The late seventies is the, like the last logical point that Hitler could still be alive. Long story short, this is probably going to be coming up later. I 100% believe Hitler died in Argentina in the seventies. That's just a thing. I believe it's not important why I believe it. It might come up later. So just before we, (laughs) before we get into it. Yeah, I do believe Hitler escaped and died in Argentina in the seventies. So there you go. That's, that's a, that's a thing I actually believe in real life. Uh, All right. But, it doesn't it doesn't matter but yes no, but there should be possible. no yeah there should be no daughter character and Jonah should be a 31 year old man yeah what i'm yes what i'm saying okay. is that right now right now he should be about yeah if he was still if Jonah is alive it, today he is in his 50s yeah logically and but what i'm saying is i'm not talking about today though i'm not talking about the real world i'm saying the show they they are making should be about uh jonah being a 31 year old man whose 50 something mother gets killed if the timeline wants to make sense at all but they wanted him to be a teenager and fine you know what they wanted him to be a a grand a grand the grandson and a teenager right yeah, it's well. No, it was always weird, you know. You no, just, yeah, the timing just doesn't work, and Al Pacino's way too old for the part he's playing. <laughs> like thirty well, some years too old. old for the part of grandfather. Well, no, but I'm just saying, based on the <laughs> the the wolf was supposed to be in his late twenties in 1944, and this is all 31 years later, so he should at the oldest be 60. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. I don't. I don't. But I ignored it. Yeah. No, you can't. You have to ignore it, and that's what you, I'm saying. You just ignore it. Just, just ignore it. Just yeah. pretend that this is all. Yeah. Just, real. just pretend that part makes sense, and you'll be fine. I'm sure that the Dylan Baker character was was too old as well. Well, no, we don't know how old because I mean, again, it is 30 yeah. years later, and if Dylan Baker's character was in his 30s at the time, that that's all cool. tracks. Yeah. You know, like I think Dylan Baker's in his what oh, mid yeah, 60s now. Yeah, that that one works. Uh, yeah, it's so, yes, uh, obviously. So at what point, I mean, it's like, it's weird because the show does not really hide the fact that, um, 
Meyer is secretly a Nazi. Like when they do the Lini Riefenstahl episode, they just say it, you know, <laughs> and we, the audience knows what it means, but the characters don't understand what it means. Uh, because she starts talking about how he, you know, is pretend, uh, right, is pretending to be a Jew. And we're like, okay, well, we know what that means. No, no, but she's not that clear. But it's clear enough that we, the audience, figure out at that point. Well, yes, of course, at that point. That's episode six, yeah, right? that's what I'm saying. At that point. At the halfway point of the show, you know that he is. There's something. Yeah. Well, and as I told you, as I told you, there were two options, yeah. right? The one doesn't make any sense, which is he is he has infiltrated this group, yeah, and is pretending whatever, um, but he's really a Nazi in somehow or another. But it doesn't make any sense with everything going on. So then the other option is that he is trying; he is actually one of these Nazis, and is or escaped and is trying to do penance. Yeah, and of course that's exactly what. What is going on. on. Yeah. Um, and he picked the, oh, I mean, when we get, to, when you get to the end, I mean, I understand why Jonah has killed him. Yeah. But I'm going. You have to kill him, but yeah. oof. He has to be killed because he killed Jonah's grandfather. Yeah. He took his place. And, and I can't stress enough. I, I mean, you can't read that scene as anything other than Meyer trying to get Jonah to kill him. Yeah, yeah. Trying to well, bait him into killing him. Well, the, because the horrible thing is, is he has to have been, it wasn't Richter that killed his grandmother, was it? Richter? The the guy they kill at the beginning. Oh, yeah, no, he did kill the grandmother. Okay, but, yeah. she, oh, yes, because she had found him. Yeah, she had found him. Yes. But, you know. I think I think you can assume where the plot is going next in the Al Pacino flashbacks in season two. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting, right? But I like. I mean, I can we can talk like the, like there's a weird there's a weird thing. The timeline is a, a weird thing. Everything okay. is neatly explained in season two, which we'll talk about. You know, after you've seen it. Uh, but let's for now focus on. <laughs> Season one. No, no, I don't. I don't yeah. even want. I was just going to say, I'm just to get it off the top before we start, because we were complaining. Yeah. You, off the top, you went off the top. I love this. Yeah. I love this. I'm going, Jordan Peele, you done it again. I don't know how we find this David Weil guy or like where this idea came from, but it's like Jordan Peele set out to like produce just really like he said he was going to like find interesting projects. And bring yeah. him out there, and he found the most interesting project. This is, I mean, this is fascinating because even though none of the characters have any basis in somebody who's real, yeah, and it is over the top. I mean, it just lays it all out. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, okay. So you're gonna blame real Nazis. We'll talk about this as we go along. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to go. I just, I mean, I love the use of no. flashbacks. The oh, flashbacks absolutely. were brilliant. So well and, done. And then that one stupid ad at the end of the one episode, episode I five, I think I doubled over. Yep. You know, I didn't double over because Nazis building America. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's funny. Like it is it was, legitimately very funny. 
it was very, very funny. And some of these, I mean, Barbara Sagawa, I can't say enough good as, as she's doing Lainey Riefenstahl. I know. <laughs> yeah, playing Lainey Riefenstahl. That was fantastic. Oh, that was such a disgusting scene, though. Ugh, I know. That whole thing, how they were torturing her. Yeah, that was, it was tough to watch. But it again, it's Lainey Riefenstahl. She's got to go. <laughs> she's got to go. No, no, because and the funny thing is, is right that this is taking pot shots at some of these people who have survived. Oh, like yeah. I loved it every time somebody said, "Yeah, I've heard it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were only following orders. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You're sorry." It has and, no time for Nazis. That's the thing. It has no time for these people. Yeah, and I mean, Lainey Riefenstahl lived until she was in her eighties. I know. She only died a decade or so ago. Yeah. Decade and a half ago. I know. It's crazy. 81, 82. She was still doing photography. Yep. I know. Doing some spectacular work. Well, it's interesting but, how, like, oh. I guess her family is willing to sue. Uh, right. Because both this show and the show uh, Men in the High Castle weren't willing to call their Lenny Riefenstahl character Lenny Riefenstahl. Like, both of them, like, put a, a thing on it in a way that they don't with Werner Von Braun. And in season two, I'm not going to say where he shows up, but, like, Albert Speer is going to be on the show. I'm not going to tell you when, because I want it to be a nice surprise, but yeah, like, Albert Speer will turn up, and they don't have any qualms about calling him Albert Speer. Yeah, uh, Albert Speer, weird dude. Only high-ranking Nazi they didn't kill. Because he was able to make a... Pretty, like, uh, a pretty compelling case that he was not in on the Holocaust. Oh. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll yeah, okay. We'll but talk about it for season two. I just, yeah. I think it's interesting that Albert Speer got, but, so, like, his family didn't threaten to sue, but Leni Riefenstahl's family did. Although I guess it's supposed to be said, I was going to say it's set in the real world. So in this world, I guess Re Lenny Riefenstahl survived all of this stuff. Uh, but then again, is it set in the real world, though? It is a very fantastical world, these characters. Oh, no, it's, a it's a fantastical world. I don't think it's set because it, simply because of the color distortion. Oh, yeah. Like that opening scene. Okay, um, but just to the Lenny Riefenstahl, no, they, they probably threatened to sue if they used her real name because... Yeah uh Lenny Lenny has died and and they probably bought lock stock and barrel her crap yeah yeah it's her right. family right and so no no she had nothing to do with this she had blah 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 she was just a filmmaker excuse me she was uh, never mind we don't even we want don't to, go need to go into that, that but yeah we have we have talked about some of these we things have. when we've done uh, criminal minds and stuff mm -hmm. <laughs> About, you know, these people who want to pretend they weren't involved. They pr pretend they weren't involved, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's yeah, you know, and as I said. Uh, anyway, we don't want to do that. But, I mean, this show, I mean, it is just, I am reminded of a simple man. I don't know why. <laughs> that is a weird thing to compare it to. It, uh, no, it's not a comparison. A simple man was something that somehow or another because came out of, What's what you're going to hear on Thursday? Right. Okay. Right, and then and but then of course it's the whole structure. 
you know, when when you know when the rabbi is talking about Hashem. By the way, just FYI, uh, she's talking about the movie A Serious Man. She always calls it a simple man. I don't know why I do that. A don't serious, know either. Yeah. A serious man. Because uh, in many ways, one of the uh, best Coen Brother movies. I, yeah, I mean. Love it, love it, I, love it. Don't get me wrong. I, I will still say Miller's Crossing is their best movie. But oh my God, do I love A Serious Man. A Serious Man is just brilliant. And then, and I, I love Raising Arizona too. Mm-hmm. Like. These are my three top, but a serious man is probably, I watch it every so often because I need to laugh. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Um, and and this, in some ways, is doing for the Holocaust what a serious man did for sort of this, this intellectual 60s, 70s, 60s <laughs> intellectual malaise suburban Judaism. Yeah. 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 Well, no, and um, I think I think one of the things that's so in uh, why it brings that to mind of a serious uh, man is because let's face it how rare is it to see a large budget piece of popular fiction that really talks about issues of Judaism and Jewish his- Jewish history because this this, this show yeah. takes it completely seriously takes this, the faith seriously takes the history seriously this show I, I can't, like, I'm sitting here going, who the hell funded this one? I know. Well, no, and it was it was literally that period when Amazon was just like, we'll give you, you're a famous person, we'll give you money to do whatever you want. And what he wanted to do was produce this TV show from this writer, uh, surprise, surprise, from this, no surprises here, Jewish writer about the Holocaust and Operation Paperclip, you know? So they actually did it. It's kind of that, crazy, and got, but and got Al Pacino. And they got Al Pacino to be in it. It's crazy. I mean, it was. It took me a while to realize it was Al Pacino. Oh yeah, no, he does not look. Uh, he did. They have created an entire new look for the character. Look, the, his his speech his mannerisms, mannerisms, everything. Everything yeah. he oh, can mm-hmm. Saul Rubinek out Saul Rubinek. I know, right? Like you totally believe him as this, you know, uh, Jewish elder. Yes. Yeah, like he completely sells it. He made all this money. Yeah. And now supports the community and is known as an important man in the community. Like, it's it's fascinating. Like, they they completely sell it. And, uh, yeah, I I thought his performance is just one of the huge standouts. There's a lot of great stuff in this season of television. His performance is just one of the giant standouts of the show. Like, he's so good. It was, it was... It was stunning. You fully believe it. And if it wasn't for the Tilda, mm-hmm. the Lady Riefenstahl character going. Yeah, that you're a faker. You're a fake. Yeah. Right? You wouldn't even question it at all. You wouldn't question it at all. And it would have been a, and a horrendous surprise. shock. Yeah. It would have been a horrendous shock mm-hmm. at the end. But as I said, there were only two options, two things she could have meant. And yep. And just based on the plot of the show, he literally can't be working with the Nazis. No, because, and no, so he's paying for his sins. Yep. This is his way of doing penance, as he said. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, at the end when he says, well, do you, you know, what's his face? Jonah goes, well, I can't forgive you. I, I don't want forgiveness. I'm doing penance. Yep. I'm doing penance for all of the things that I did. Mm-hmm. And it took him a long time. And it wasn't until... The woman shows up, 
his Safta, his grandmother yeah. shows up that he then actually starts, to- you know, the the well, as he says, she's the one who really started the hunt. And he's like, this is how I can make it right. Yeah, yeah. at least I can do a little bit to make it right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was. Um, it's powerful. I mean, it's a powerful ending to the season. It's the whole, the, but the whole season, because what was like, at one point I was wondering about, about our nun, yeah. Harriet, Rebecca, Rebecca Harriet. Yeah. What is she up right? to? Because she is obviously playing a different game than everybody else. Yeah. And it's like, okay, it seems that the game is to get, get them to Europe at the end. Yeah. And um, I'm not going to tell you where that's going. No, no, I I don't want to know anything about season two. Okay. We'll talk about that next Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it it is it right from the beginning, and it just these people were horrible. Yeah. All the young Nazis, all the old Nazis, mm-hmm. they're horrible to their own, and the Eva Braun character. Oh my lord! I know. Such I mean, a monster. I. But here's here's the thing, you see, a lot of people probably like, yeah, okay, to us it's clear that's who she has to be. Yeah. If she's running everything, then okay, she's it's obviously Eva Braun. You know, so because and she, you know, was much younger. Oh god, yeah. When the war ended. Hitler's child bride. Yes. So very creepy. Well, never mind. We're not going to go down that road because that that road isn't dealt with in the uh, yeah in here. We're just talking about the Holocaust. No, I think it was it, it was just because it was relentless in mm-hmm. its black and white. Yeah. Well, no, and I mean was, the the willingness of the show to say we are starting from the point of complete moral clarity. We yes. have no hesitation. We have no worry. We're saying no. All the Nazis have to go. There can be no, uh, you know, there can be no question that all the Nazis have to go. And I'm reminded of those guys who put together the plan that sadly didn't work, right? Of they were going to poison all of the guys in the SS prison. Yeah. And sad, and they just kill 2,000 SS officers, right? And sadly, the plan didn't work. And they just, they used, whatever strychnine or whatever they used it the wrong way. I don't know exactly why the plan didn't work, but it's like, it is that kind of moral clarity that the show is operating under. They're like, no, these are the actual Nazis who actually participated in the Holocaust. They all have to go. They all have to go. And yes. And to the, to the pity of today's world. Yes. They didn't, Never mind. They didn't finish Um, the job. Yes. You see. Yeah. It, it is. It is um, the moral clarity and the Americans. Well, and it's actually blaming the Americans for this. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. It is. It is not an accident that the worst Nazi in the show is an American. Yeah. Like that. That's not an accident that that's happened. You know, the yeah. worst Nazi in the show is an American. And you have that wonderful prologue. I don't remember which episode it is where the, the Americans are like, you know, if uh, if we don't employ the Nazis, the germ, the the sorry, the commies are going to employ the Nazis. And so I guess, you know, where and as you said, like, where does morality come into this? 
You know, <laughs> I, it was it was unreal. It, it that was probably about seven or eight episodes in. No, yeah, it yeah. was because it was after we talked, after we did our podcast yesterday. That you saw that scene. That okay. I saw so it, it was, and yeah, I seven, was already six. Yeah. And so I, I just watched it right to the end last night. And you watch that and you're like, yeah, okay, this show is just willing to blame America for all of this. Yeah, they brought them in. Yeah. They allowed them. And, well, no, and it's, it's, it, it is the... The, the the commentary, mm -hmm. the social commentary on this is where it led. Yep. This is where you ended up. You made all of those decisions that were non-moral. I mean, it, it, I grant you that that were ethically wrong. Mm -hmm. There's no question. These are not the decisions you make. You put them in jail. Let the Soviets have them and bomb the Soviets. <laughs> so you don't so you don't get to the moon on time who cares what kind of who cares what kind of justification does all of this this lead uh, to yeah it's like all of this moral justification where does it end up and the answer is with america teetering on the edge of fascism yeah you know it's like oh no we can uh we'll, we'll do morals next time we'll do morals next time we'll do morals next time well, eventually you just run out of opportunities to do the right thing and you're just modern day America and you're just a country that elects Donald Trump president. Yeah. You know, like, come on, people get clear eyed about this stuff. Look yeah, at what's just happening. Remember, stop. Stop this denial stuff. Like, I don't know how big how big was this when it was when it first came on. Decently big. The problem is and I mean, the problem for the show and you'll you'll see this in season two. They obviously wanted to do a longer show, but COVID killed the show's momentum. Yeah, of course. Because they had filmed the whole first season before COVID and it aired during COVID. That's and it. COVID is a commie plot. <laughs> it killed his show. That's what it was. <laughs> commies? What do commies have a problem with the show? Uh, but anyway. So what happens is so COVID. I, happens. I'm sorry. I, I am. I am. I am not being rational That's about okay. this. I know. I know. Uh, but anyway, the point is, so the show kind of got put on the back burner as a consequence. So they had to effectively go and just wrap up the show in season two because they're like, so they wanted to do a bunch of seasons ending with what season two ends up being. And. So they fast forwarded, you know how like, uh, the, when they didn't get to do Deadwood season four, five years later, they, or like eight years later, they come back with the movie or whatever, maybe 12 years yeah. later. And it's like, well, here's how we were going to end the show in season four, but then we've just crammed it into two hours. Basically, uh, in season two of Hunters, we hear stuff about, you know, what would have been season two and three, like what would have happened in season two and three. And then they cut right to the end of the show, like the end that they always had planned. So, you know, okay, well, I'll keep that in mind and we can it. end up discussing it when we're, yeah. I when mean, it, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. COVID COVID screwed up an awful lot of things. It really so, did. Um, but this, I, it doesn't matter. You, I, you could, I'm sitting here going, okay, shall we, we could teach a whole class yeah. using, using this i know i really feel like you could because again what a strong opening the show <gasps> has that oh opening. my god yo 
you know exactly it set the stage right yep. there. I know just what kind of show I'm watching after that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, Biff. Oh, this ridiculous Dylan Baker character. Perfectly cast as an old Nazi. Like, 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's... Yeah, it's, no, he he does a wonderful job. Oh, he is magnificent as an old Nazi. I yeah. loved him. Oh, my God, I loved him on the show. So good. And the weird part is, like, Jonah's journey of, like, not being able to kill, like, his hesitation, his disgust at murder. It is interesting how well they do of making him an audience surrogate. Yeah. And getting us to the point where they just atrocity after atrocity after atrocity until you're like i mean it is a show about radicalizing the audience in a lot of ways about yeah. getting them to the point of where jonah ends up where it's like no you can't you can't have sympathy for nazis you can't make deals with nazis you can't forgive nazis they're nazis yeah that's why we, and you know the tragedy is america let all of these people go and some they brought all anyone who is useful Right. They yeah, they came. They brought to America. And but most people, they just let them go home. Yeah. And look at the mess that made. Exactly. In Germany. You know, like, look at the mess Austria. they made out of Germany and Austria by just letting all these guys go home. Like, well, some of them were forced to serve. I'm sur sure they were. But they let all the SS officers go home, too. You know, they let all the Gestapo guys go home, too. They let all of the political guys go home at the end of the war. They treated it like it was just another war. And this oh. is a show about what an unbelievable mistake that was. Yep. And it is a show that is bracingly clear eyed about that. And that's why I loved it. I mean, I loved it. So many good scenes in this show. Oh yeah, I uh, just. <laughs> I know. The thing is, is you watch it as a whole, right? Oh yeah. You wonder when you know, and the fact that the nun is blonde hair; she's dying her hair blonde, clearly, because you see her as a child. Yeah, when she was, you know, forced to hide the fact that she was Jewish. Well, yeah, and I mean that was it, it's funny eh? because it it's kind of weird. That's probably why this was the weekend I sat down and watched it. Yeah. Was because I was just looking up because I was. Did I talk about this on the other show or did I just doesn't talk matter. about, People haven't about heard my that mother, about, about my mother and, and Nazi children, the Jewish children that were sent to Holland? No, you didn't. Oh, okay. So let me, cause this probably is why when I looked at it, I went, I have to wait for rabbit holes. So, um, mm -hmm. I was going, I thought, well, maybe I'll give the first episode of hunters a try. Hunter's a shot. I gave the first five minutes. And that's, no, you know you're watching the rest of the show when you watch. I'm watching the rest minutes. of this show. This is pretty yeah, clear. It's delightful. It's and um mm -hmm. but what happened is that at one point, when my mother was in the very early stages of Alzheimer's, and you may remember this, it was when I was still working at Ecos. Okay. And my mother, um, I was already at work. I and at my sister is calling me because my mother, they can't calm my mother down. My mother is inconsolable. My mother's talking about these children who are being hidden. And she's so afraid that they're going to kill the children. Oh. And she's going on and on. And she can't, they can't 
stop her. Allison can't stop her. Correct. And the only thing Allison can think of is, Mill, maybe Sheila can talk some sense into Mother. Um, Sheila didn't try and really talk some sense into Mother. I just listened to Mother because she was doing all of this in English. Right. I just listened to Mother and I said, look, you just have to hold on, Mom. I'm coming. I'll be there. And I went home and I packed my car and I packed my bags and I left. Yeah. I took a few days off work. I took a week off work because there wasn't much going on in work anyway. So I took some time off mm-hmm. and I drove all the way to Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as I said, I can always buy a toothbrush. Every place <laughs> in the world has a toothbrush of some sort. It's true. Um, but yeah, my mother and she was beside herself. Now, I think it was set off by the... Um, the George Bush two, um, the war, right? That she must have been watching the news footage, news footage and stuff like that, and whatever it was, something set her off, and she was back in Holland, Oof. and she was back in, um, yeah. Uh, and I'd never really tried to track any of that down, but so I thought, well, let, let me just see what goes into Google. And I came up with in the Netherlands there, somebody has done a a study trying to figure out whether uh, how many of these children who were, it was after Kristallnacht, they would send the children through. Holland apparently didn't want um, the children to stay there. They wanted, but they were willing to be a transit point. Mm -hmm. Some of the children did stay there and some of them went into institutions. Some of them went into foster homes and they were trying to track some of them down some of it was good some of it was bad and then i got some other stuff about how people like my uncle who ultimately ended up in a german farm thing um who then ran away and then was hidden for the rest of the war they weren't considered resistors in holland i did like i i i got went down a, a a dutch rabbit hole except that I kept looking at these. So I looked at the places where the children crossed. And mm-hmm. of course, Arnhem and Nijmegen. And that's where my mother was. And that's where my mother was training. Okay. And that's where she was, for the context, people listening, she was trained to be a nurse. So obviously she would have been involved in this. Yeah. So obviously at one of these. And so I was I was trying to track down some of that stuff. I mean, I, I, I did start doing Dutch again on Duolingo. Mm-hmm. Um, just to get my refresh, refresh my Dutch, you know, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it is. Um, yeah, it, it it was hard to listen to my mother. Yeah. You know, and then uh, so and I'm just going, my poor mother, you know, I, I just because all of this stuff was what was coming up once the Alzheimer's hit. Of course. All the horrors of the war. When I talk about the horrors of the war for her, I mean, she was apparently engaged at one time and this guy was a Nazi sympathizer and she broke it off. Damn. Yep. Yep. She just broke it off. No, my my family, I mean, my uncle ran, the, the Jewish couple that owned the store that my uncle worked at turned the store over to him. Mm hmm. Show that it wouldn't get be, seized. Get seized. Yeah. And um, then it went back. 
at the end of the war. So the, at the end of the war, um, no, I there was there was no use on my side of the family. I how the hell I ever ended up marrying <laughs> German, yeah, into that family. I don't know because <laughs> uh, history no. is because life is full of irony, and that's the answer. Life is full of, irony. Is full of irony. Is the answer. Plus, plus, my parents never talked about the war. Yeah, I found I so that. much stuff out as we got older. Yeah. When I was in my 20s, I started. I was already married to Henry by then. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I go. Give me a break. No, I mean, you grew up in Canada. You grew up in northern Ontario. You know, yeah. you were very, very far removed from yeah, the consequences of that war. And my mother never talked war. about it. She yeah. never talked about anything as far as she was concerned. My father didn't talk about the war. As, as, as I've always said, I only had one war story from my father. Well, and I mean, what? and that's what makes it so interesting, about? right? And I think that's why the show does such an interesting job because, yeah. like, we have, as a society, you know, uh, gotten too far away from the horror of World War II. And Jonah, Jonah ultimately is standing in for me. Yeah, or I, exactly. The guy who never heard about the war. Who, who never, never heard, heard the, the stories. War, who not, never heard about the camps. No. Who's, who's you know, Safta was... He, she wanted him to be only in the light and the mm -hmm. good. And that's my parents too. Yeah. They didn't want to talk about it. My father never saw a gun. My father never raised a gun again in his life. Never yeah. touched one. Never. And, and, and I mean, and that's the thing is like, you understand that motivation because when you've seen this kind of horror, when you've been through it, you want to protect other people from experiencing it. You want to keep them away from it in any way you can. Like, I completely understand that motivation, but you know, you can't forget the horror <laughs> or people are comfortable, you know, uh, making a popular video game series that whitewashes Nazi atrocities. Yeah. Yes. I'm I know looking well, at you yeah. sniper elite. <laughs> yeah. We talked about that. Have we, we have, I don't know if we did. A, yeah. I've had I've I've had a multi-year war going on with the developers of Sniper Elite because of their um <laughs> good Nazis. <laughs> yeah, their their positive portrayals of Nazis and introducing a mechanic where you can get through a mission without killing any Nazis. Like, why do you think I'm playing this game? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Why should anybody yeah. be playing this game? They've gone down too many rabbit holes themselves. Well, no, it, but, it, like it, I said, uh, it, it's only them doing that development that made me realize that actually, you know, for a game about fighting Nazis, I never heard the Holocaust get mentioned once in this series. <laughs> yeah, it starts to, you know, you start to get like, I, I have these. It's it, it's all of it. I mean, this is the horror this is the horror, and for, I guess, it is the one area where I am going, do not fucking call, excuse my language, do not call colonization a holocaust. No. Do not call it a genocide in the terms of this kind of, this language and stuff, yes. I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't say it quite like that. that the there's only one. No, there's only one. Plenty of people have done plenty of genocides all throughout history. Genocide yes. literally means killing a people 
And that's the entirety of history. But we yeah, have a I mean, show up for a reason. Everybody, yeah, everybody did it. America did it to the natives. You know? Yeah, Canada did, Canada it, to, did it to the natives. Uh, yeah. Right up until the 90s. Yeah. You know? Like, you know, this, but, this is an attempt at shifting and changing, yes, right? Absolutely. That's and, why the Romans were smarter. At least they didn't try and... Uh, what? They said, no, no, you can keep your stuff if you want, as long as you pay your taxes and you don't cause trouble. Yeah, it's a good system. But it wasn't perfect. And they yeah. did they did do some pretty friggin' horrible, horrible things. To yeah. the Jews. Oh, God, did <laughs> so, they ever. Oh you know, God. on and off. But it's worth mentioning, right? Yes. Uh, the What makes the Holocaust so um, notable, right? And it's not that, like, this stuff hadn't been done before. You know, Hitler's famous comment that it's like, who have you ever heard anybody talk about the Armenians? You know, look at what the Turks did to the Armenians. Have you ever heard anybody talk about the Armenians for the last 20 years? No. Once all the Jews are dead, people are just going to stop talking about them. That is what Hitler believed. Yeah. And... Uh, it's it was the difference between it and so many historical genocides is that is it is one that and I mean as sad to say that this is one of the only ways it is one that happened in the age of computer and mechanization so it was a hell of a lot more efficient and a hell of a lot more effective well exactly and it was because there are still Armenians and we've had to finally get the Turks are still being bloody going to be forced to it one day or another yep. acknowledge it even though they deny it but oh, God. Uh, it's it, it but what happens with the holocaust is all like i haven't been able to show vonce the vonce conference conspiracy the cons- movie was called conspiracy well that was the no there's another oh, one the other one about vonce. germany called vonce oh, okay sorry i thought you were so talking I about conspiracy two. okay Right, two There's good this, movies about Vonce. Yeah, about the Vonce conference mm. that set in motion the Holocaust. Yeah. Now, the only thing we have to use the term Holocaust because that's the term. Yeah. You know, I just I don't exactly like it because, of course, it is the term for sacred ho- sacrifice. Yeah. So I belong to the group that says no i don't want to allow any anything to distract from the horror Mm -hmm. of what this was and to somehow know this is just like saying it's our fault that the romans burned down the temple it's our fault (laughs) i know babylonians and the assyrians and everything walked over us because we were sinners yeah i know i don't want that i don't want that implication is created if you know your language i totally understand if you know your language but i do not as i say you call rape rape and you call the holocaust that is for this yeah because this was deliberate Mm -hmm. programmatic there was nothing accidental about this or there was nothing helter skelter about this this was put in motion why do you think eichmann they went after eichmann and when they finally found him they hung him hanged him yes uh no no that was pedantry is is good (laughs) the past part is uh, is also the path uh but yes they they i know it's good because he was the architect he's the guy who replaced um 
Oh God, you know, um, uh, hangmen's also die. Hangmen also die. I'm blanking on the name, but mm-hmm. yes, he's the guy who replaced him, right? And uh, yes, Hi, uh, yes, um, Reinhard Heydrich was his name. Heydrich. Reinhard Heydrich. Uh, in many ways, the worst. In, yeah, Butcher of Krakow. In many ways, the worst Nazi, and that's that's a hard list to hit the top of. <laughs> but you can make a good argument that Reinhard Heydrich was the worst Nazi, and uh, and he was he was accidentally. Well, he was. It wasn't accidental. To kill him. No, no, it's it just they accident. didn't. The bomb didn't uh, kill him. He was killed because. And again, a pretty good death. Yeah. Pretty good death. Uh, the. This is a true fact. So it was mostly superficial injuries from the bomb, but the seats of his car were stuffed with horsehair, which isn't sterile. And yeah. so all of this horsehair got stuck into all of the wounds and he got an infection and died of the infection uh, a week later. Like a really horrible prolonged death. Yes. He, he absolutely had it coming. Uh, now, the aftermath of that wasn't fantastic for anybody. But it's true. Like, he's the one who got what was coming to them. And the show, what I love about the show is the show understands that, that there can be no punishment that is too severe for these people. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I always think about, um, you know, the other candidate for the worst man who ever lived, um, Oscar Dierlevanger, who's just uh, the guy in the front line of just going to towns and killing everybody in the town. And he's one of those guys. And I'm sure this is, you know, one of these inspiration things like they captured him. Like he was in a hospital convalescing and he got caught and then they just like beat him over and over again over a matter of days until he was slowly, brutally beaten to death. And you're like, yep, that's, that's about what the man had coming. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna, not gonna fight. Like, because you watch this show and you look at the brutality being visited upon these people and I can see someone, well, the character Jonah does balk at it. Yeah, balk that he is, he is the stand-in. For the audience. For who who for has to, audience. yeah, who has to say, is can it really be worth this kind of brutality? And the answer is, yeah. Like, I mean, I hate to be fight fire with fire, and this is the only thing these people understand, but we are dealing with... um crime on a level that cannot exist in a you know a a loving polite society like when we talk about forgiveness for criminals it's because we know where the criminals came from we know the context that brought them where they were and fundamentally like the worst serial killer you can think of was not involved in as big of a a big or evil as a project as the lowliest nazi like now here, okay. Let let's sort of well, get to some of the no 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 and no. But the point I wanted to make was right okay. is that fundamentally, because you're fighting an ideology when you yeah. fight Nazism, right? You are fighting the idea that you know a strong man come can come along and blame the Jews and kill them and take away everyone's freedom. That is what you're fighting, and you have to be more brutal than they are because at the end of the day the nazis will eventually kill all of us that's what they want to do their end goal is to kill all of us and it's just it always has been that is the nature of fascism and nazism anyone who's not on their side you know there can be no oh well we just agree to disagree 
eventually uh-huh. they're going to kill all of you. So you and, have to stop them before they can. And it's as simple as that. Yeah. And, it, and now here's, here's what, and therefore the Al Pacino character. Yeah. Okay. Is the perfect person to lead this because he has lived his whole life in the dark. Mm-hmm. And he ended up understanding that what he did was wrong and then he had to do penance and he does not expect to go to heaven he doesn't even know if there's a god mm-hmm. it doesn't matter no. he has got to pay for his sins and his crimes and it is um it, it is it it is interesting to watch when he talks about when he was talking about the dark and the light. Mm-hmm. I do remember if you the only here now here's another weird one is go and watch Vincenzo. Yep. Because in the end, it's the same thing that what the Buddha Buddhist monk says to him is that yes, there has to be someone like you. Because there is evil in the world mm-hmm. and you have to be evil. And yes, you will suffer. And yes, you will pay for this in your next life. But you, this is your karma. This is what you have to do because it has to be done. Someone has to do it. And yeah. most of us can't. I mean, it, it is, it is not inaccurate to say that the show with the closest moral philosophy to hunters is vincenzo yeah i mean serious seriously that was that was what shocked me when i got near the end all of a sudden i'm going but this is the buddhist monk i mean vincenzo himself is more brutal than any character on hunters oh yeah uh by far like none of the characters on Hunters can uh, like that scene where he goes to the the DA, I mean prosecutor, sorry, and he's like, "Your choices are, uh, you know, stop supporting this company, or I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to wait until you found all the success you wanted, and then I'm going to kill you." <laughs> Yeah. And then two episodes later, he just waits until the guy wanders away from his work party and strangles him in public. Yep. And you're like, I can't believe what I'm watching. Yeah. No, this Hunters is is like there's a moral clarity to yeah. this. And again, you only you it builds up. It's just like in that sense, it's just like Vincenzo mm-hmm. that the moral clarity. They walk you slowly till you get there. They slowly walk you there. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, that that because you keep seeing what this new Nazi party is up that to. wants to set up the Fourth Reich is doing mm-hmm. and how it's doing it. And um, it is, uh, I mean, that bowling ball thing. Oh, my God. In the bowling alley. I know. For example, yeah, you know, the, the guy even puts on bowling shoes so he won't damage the lanes. The lanes. I mean, geez. it's a great moment, you know. But it is, and it it shows it is. Yes, it's extreme. Mm-hmm. But what else are you going to do? What happened in World War II was 
extreme. There is no accounting for how people could be that evil. Yeah. I mean, and Alice Miller may have been a terrible, terrible mother <laughs> from schizophrenia. Yep. And the rest of the but she nailed it. She was right. She nailed it. She and was right. It's in terms of what causes people to be so completely non-empathetic or listen to Cracker who says, yes, I know you love your cats, <laughs> but you've killed four people yep. to help me, right? It, it is this, yeah, you, you love your cats, you love your dog, you love your kids, big friggin' deal. Yep. It doesn't matter that you're capable of being nice. Yes. This is what you have done. And mm -hmm. it is horrible. And you keep doing it. And you have no um, remorse. Yeah. No remorse whatsoever. That's a huge part what of it. You're doing it. And all of these guys trying to say, you know, now understand that the torture, whenever they got somebody, what they had done in terms of experimentation, because this is what this is all about. Too. Oh, yeah. They, it's not just the, it's not the crematoriums no. that are the focus that we are watching because we know that those crematoriums were where everybody, well, ended almost up. ended up. It was the experimentation yeah. on the children. On the, so you take the doctor who was trying, who was, who was experimenting with seawater on these children to see how long they would last. Yep. You know, so that you could get people to live longer after they had parachuted down into the seawater. These are all and true so stories. What did they do. They, they just poured seawater into this man until he died. Yep. Um, well, and the thing they don't mention that they, uh, that they actually also did, but it's hard to put this in the show, is they would freeze people to see how long they could survive because the North Sea oh, was so yeah, cold. that's another one. Yeah, yeah like yeah. the actual, like the tortures here are the tortures being visited upon that these people were responsible for. And the show is very, you know, very clear about that. Like, yeah, it's like you... any brutality that the hunters do is just it coming back on the people who caused it in the first place. All yeah, of it is what, karma. All of it is the cycle. Yes. And what happens is that you end up, uh, and I am reminded, of course, it was on Wire in the Blood, but it's the book. And you'd have to go back and watch Wire in the Blood. Yeah. Uh, the book that it was based on mm. was all about, about what the Nazis yeah, did. Yeah, the Nazi torture. Experimentation. Yeah, the one who began. it became about the drowning on the TV show. Yeah. That became, yeah, because they had to tighten, simplify had to it. Yeah. Simplify it. But the, but when you read the, what this, this grandfather, this, again, it was this boy's grandfather mm -hmm. went through during the war and it doesn't have age problems. Okay? <laughs> no, of course. It doesn't have. Well, it's set in the nineties. Of course it doesn't. Yeah. And, you know, it, it is. So he tortures his own grandson. Yeah. In, in ways that are unbelievable that I can't even repeat. On, I know. Because television. Because some of it is like, I don't. When you get to the uh, Leanish Riefenstein, if you do decide to watch this, this is not a fun podcast after all. No. Um, when you get to that that character, I, 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 oh. I know. I know. Just don't say it. Let's. Uh, because. It's it. It's not. 
the same no. as the any of the other ones. No. Right? It's 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 just disgusting. It's just disgusting, even more than just brutal. Yeah. It's just in some ways everything has a relationship and and I guess it's a commentary on the media. Yeah. <laughs> You know, oh, one hundred percent is a commentary in the media. Yeah, yeah, the know, media and manufacturing okay, let me, consent. Let me just say it. Yeah, it's it's called it's called. So you feed you feed shit to the yeah the person you know? who spews it out exactly. Well, yeah, you you no that's, the media is yeah, yeah that's exactly that's exactly so, what they're saying. Horseshit. Yeah, made her eat it. Yeah. <laughs> there, I've got it out of my mouth. I know it's oof. Oh, but it was, uh, it was an, a terrifying scene to watch. Yeah. And just horrible it was terrifying. to watch. And the thing is, is that some of the other ones we don't watch, we don't see um, the the man who killed Saul Rubinek and Carol Kane's son. Yeah. We don't see him getting killed. killed. No. Because, and, but I mean, the beauty of all of this, right? is that when she sees her son and when she talks to her husband because he's been killed, he blew up. Yeah. He blew himself By the way, up. the minute Saul Rubinek appeared on the show, I'm like, and that's the guy who's going to get killed this season. It's like, yeah, I knew yeah. just for stakes, one of them was going to have to get killed. And the minute Saul yeah. Rubinek showed up, I'm like, it's going to be Saul Rubinek. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it doesn't matter because his death was... Oh, was no. It was very, it, very honorable. It was an honorable death. And then he's talking with his wife and he, after, right, you know, she, and, and he says to her, he says, and Aaron, their son, because he is now with his son. Yeah. And he says, he says, you have to be merciful. Mm -hmm. And so we, the audience are assuming that means. Executing what? him and not torturing him. No, 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 no. That's not what I assumed because my big question was, okay, so are, is she going to let him go? No. No, she walks in, but they close the door and all you hear is the gunshot. Yeah. She says to him, she says, Aaron wants me to be merciful. She closes the door and she shoots him through the eyes, basically mm -hmm. at the top of the forehead. Yeah. Now, they're just going, okay. Yeah. Okay. But no, it, it, there is, I, I did not know exactly what that would have meant mm -hmm. okay um so when i was watching it i'm wondering is she gonna let him go what <laughs> what does that mean and then no she just shot him as yeah. opposed to some sign him. of torture yes yeah and that is what i assumed it meant going in <laughs> yeah well you know but I that's have, me yes. that that's you exactly not me. <laughs> going, I'm like, no, I, the, the Nazi's not getting out of that room alive is my thought watching. I, yeah, no, no, none of them are getting out of this alive. Yeah. Not one of them. And that's I mean, it is important. It is important yeah. that uh that they cannot. And even the banker gets to kill himself. Yeah. Cause you know, he it was gonna get exposed that he was hiding all of the Nazis' money. Yeah, so he and does, all the stuff he'd stolen from the Jews. Mm -hmm. Well, that is the Nazi spy. Yeah. Again, uh, hey, wasn't, uh, well, at least he got the trains running on time. You know, at least he helped Germany's economy. No, he just stole everybody's money. <laughs> just, 
Yeah. Didn't help the economy. He just stole everyone's money. Yes. And they moved it all. And then he ran out of money to steal, so he started invading other countries. Because, <laughs> you know, you have to constantly be at war to, you know, cover up for the fact that you can't manage an economy if you're a fascist. Yeah. Because, spoiler alert, in fascism, um, all you do is you just give everything to your cronies. Mm-hmm. And they're not, your cronies don't have their job because they are good at their jobs. Because if they were good at their jobs, they might be a threat to you. Your cronies are there because they are loyal to you. Look at Trump and who he surrounds himself with. Just incompetent people who are loyal to him. And consequently, he's bad at everything. And and consequently, judges are doing stupid things in the U.S. Exactly. Like just these incompetent judges, these incompetent business people, these incompetent people running government, uh, uh, you know, uh, government agencies. Like that's the fascinating part about this. And it is endemic to fascism that in any kind of cult of personality like this, you have to surround yourself with people who aren't good at their jobs in order to keep your own job as dear leader. But that means that all fascists end up with incompetent governance. I mean, look at the Soviet Union. Everyone, like, everyone got every job based on, you know, based on how much they loved Stalin and how much they were nice to Stalin and how much Stalin liked them. And they were terrible at managing that country and all of the other countries. Like, they were just garbage at it because that's what happens in a fascist state. You can't let people get a job based on competence because competence is terrifying to dear leader. Because dear leader has to be the best at everything. Why do you think friggin' North Korea is a complete disaster? There's your, that's probably. It's a perfect example of it. The perfect example. And you're wondering whether China's going to go into that. Same way. I know. Now that they've got their own cult of personality, dear leader. Yeah. Anyway. But yes, we're very all over the place because the show is so important for how the world is right now. It really is. I am I am so stunned. Like as I said, I mean it's funny, eh? Because I wanted to do um a long time ago I still like when I could teach German history, yeah. which is only a couple of times. Yeah. I mean, I always when I did World War II, it was always okay, we are looking at the Vance Conference, mm-hmm. the, the German versus um the American. So conspiracy versus Vance. Yeah. Um, and Vance, by the way, is now on YouTube. I don't. Oh, think good. Is, but Vance is. I mean, it, it it was done on film. It was done sort of in. It was done in black and white. You can see differences in characters and the rest of it. But the end line, right? Mm-hmm. The end. The end result is exactly the same. Yeah. That you know, Eichmann took over this portfolio and he and they had already been starting the gassing process doing the test subjects yep and the famous execution trucks yeah they used to move these trucks around and execute people with gas i mean that's before they set up the crematoriums yeah 
And the surprise to me is they would. And I mean, people are like, there's that horrifying scene in conspiracy. They're like, well, the, the process is simple. We go to a neighborhood. We get 200 Jews. We pack them into a truck and say we're taking them somewhere. The exhaust is fed into the bed and we just drive them to the pit where we're going to dump their corpses. And in the 45 minute takes to drive them to the corpses, they all get killed in the back of the truck. Yeah. And and they're just sitting there doing the math. And it's like, okay, well, how many Jews can you kill a day doing this? And they're like, you know, 10,000 Jews. And it's like, that's just not fast enough. We need something yeah. more efficient. We need something oh. faster. You know? <laughs> and yeah. and they start talking about the mechanics of it. And you're like, Jesus, this thing. But that's what they really did. Well, yeah. And 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 look at what's his face who, who headed the, the justice system, the Nuremberg Laws. And you can't do this. Not that, not, not that he didn't think Jews were subhuman. Well, he thought they were he the greatest not, threat. He did think that. He oh, yeah. did think that. But he said there are laws, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Just going, and he's trying to. Yeah. Well, how do you? And a quarter of a Jew, an eighth. Yeah. At like, what point do we draw the line? Where do we draw the line? You know, it's, it sounds familiar because. Blood quantum is, you know, oh, what they God. use these days to determine who is really the First Nations. I know. <laughs> same exact thing. It's the same exact thing. Yeah, and it's fascinating when you look at the show. Now, it is it is broadly comedic a lot of the time. I mean, oh. Josh Radnor playing a ridiculous caricature of a movie star who has fallen in with these murderers. Oh, he's, he's so, he's so funny. He is. Yes, he is so funny. There is no question. And he's, oh no. And you know, like the scene where they go, well, you know, and we're going to need an actor for this. And and he's just going, oh no, (laughs) Lonnie. Lonnie Lonnie. Flash. Yep. Yeah. Lonnie Flash. Just like, uh, what, what is it? Johnny Handsome. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's like he's Rocky handsome. Rocky handsome. Yes, it's uh, it's the exact same kind of right. It's yeah. the exact same kind of thing where it's like he, he's he's such a ridiculous character, and the show is so broad. Um, I will say that if I had one complaint, and it's not a big complaint, but if I have one complaint about the show, is kind of left out of the show entirely, is casual anti-Semitism and the concept of microaggressions. And how much all of society, especially at the time, is like organized to not trust Jews. And everybody's taught to not trust Jews. And I think because the show is dealing with actual Nazis <laughs> actually planning mass murder, they don't have time for that. But the weird part is, you would be left, if you watched the show and this was your only idea of America, you would be left with the conception that other than these you know actual nazis nobody really has a problem with jews yeah that's no that's true because the minute you started to talk i'm going yes of course it's missing he's he's the jew he's and he's got his his white friend and his black friend and and his black friend and he's in love with a black yeah black black lady from across the street and it's like and there's no there's no questioning and Josh is even a drug dealer. Yeah. And he's a drug dealer, right? And he deals pot. And it's like, and that is, I mean, if there, if I were to have a complaint, I think my only complaint is the fact that you leave out yeah. the fact that the reason that the Nazis were able to get away with so much of this for so it, long is the 
the low burn simmering anti-Semitism that persuade that pervade, I almost said persuades, pervades just all of Western civilization. Yeah. Well, yes, they, we blame that on Christianity. Of course so. we do. I mean, it's, it's um, right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know? not a mystery where it comes from. No, it's not a mystery where it comes from. But it is an integral part of Western civilization is but the slow burn see, of anti-Semitism. And that is probably to some extent, there there are two probably reasons. The one that you already said that they, they only had so much time. Yeah. They can only deal with the big bad guys. Mm-hmm. But the other the other thing is in the seventies, right? Yeah, I'm not sure it was as it would have been as overt in the seventies. Okay, I see what you're okay. saying. Okay, like I'm I and go but let's go back to a serious man because that's set set in the same time period. Yeah. Okay, and a serious man, and remember that a lot of the Jews in the seventies, the sixties, I mean were involved in the civil rights movement. They were. Very, very much so. And then all of a sudden you have this rising black anti-Semitism, mm-hmm. right? That comes not just from... Why, almost as if the CIA and the FBI were doing massive amounts of work to try and split apart the black and the Jewish communities. Oh, wait, no, it's not no. almost as if that. We have the paperwork that says they were doing that. They were doing that, right? Yes. So it is, um, you know, because the Abby Hoffman's of the world, yep. the Black Panther, whoa, that, oh, just, you know, Fred, Fred just, you know, they're happy trying. to work with the Jewish community. You know, That's why they some of them. these movies that have come out recently have been trying to deal with some of mm-hmm. minorly, but I mean, I still go back to Mississippi burning. Yeah. Go watch that movie. It's actually on MGM. So oh, really? if, if anybody's got yeah. MGM through Prime, which it, we watch everything, almost everything through Prime. Pretty much these on, days, yeah. Except what's on Netflix. Well, the, um, the literally, what am I watching on Netflix? Like, that's the nothing. only place that has anime, you know? Like, Japanese yeah. cartoons, anime not and on Prime. Co- and South Korean. And South Korean shows, yeah. Not on Prime, weirdly. Missed out on South Korea. Uh, no, they missed the opportunity. Yeah. They missed. They could have. Hey, they could have had Squid Game. They could have paid for Squid Game. They chose not to. Yeah, <laughs> they could have. They. I'm sure that they could have had any Vincenzo. number of shows. Yeah, they could have had Vincenzo. Uh, but yes, no. But so I know it's not a major thing, but it's like. But I think it was. It was not as obvious. Just remember the comedians. Like, uh, see, you you didn't live then. No, I didn't. I did. We we loved all of the Jewish comedians, totally right? Did. That were on the Ed Sullivan show. They didn't have to change was, their names suddenly. Suddenly, they didn't have suddenly to change. Suddenly, we could their have names. Wayne and Schuster, two very Dustin popular Hoffman. Jewish comedians. Dustin Hoffman got out there being not having to change his name and being publicly Jewish, and yeah. no one having a problem with it. You're right. Yeah, you know when when I'm thinking about it, I think that. There was a lot more goodwill. Yeah. And we can blame Ayn Rand for some of it. Um, we can blame, <laughs> you know, and then the, the whole world seemed to have changed in the 80s. Yeah. It starts to become more and more of a problem in the 80s. Yeah. Um, like everything starts to split up, sort of. There was a huge financial crisis, there was massive depression. In the seventies, right? Yeah, that's true. And then what and, happens? Hey, what time that happens? Yeah. There's any comments? Suddenly, people start blaming the Jews for things. 
Okay. But I think, I mean, when I think back to most of, most of the, I mean, think, think, okay, so Maury Amsterdam on the Dick Van Dyke show was a secondary character, right? First Jewish person on television. Okay. That's a true but fact, it was, by the way. But, pardon? That's a true fact. Uh, Maury Amsterdam, who also, fun fact, was playing Mel Brooks. Uh, yes. Right? Was the first <laughs> yeah. openly Jewish character on television. The yeah, first character who Mel wasn't Brooks. just coded Jewish, who they literally said, he is Jewish. First time yeah. that ever happened. Yeah. And so, and, well, let's look at Mel Brooks yeah. and Bancroft. Like, if yeah. you take a look at all of this, these, um, mm-hmm. uh, all of this in the popular culture during those periods. Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't think that you would be that, that to critique. I, I it agree with you. It. I agree with you on that front, but I will say this, right? I will say this. A lot of the show takes place in boardrooms and among law enforcement and among the government. Okay, yeah. And, and you don't... I don't believe that the anti-Semitism, the like popular attitudes towards Jews softened. I believe that all of the guys in the boardrooms in the government were all still hardcore anti-Semites. Okay, like I know, and what I would and and when I when I think about that. Yeah, I I would say uh-huh. You're not you're probably not far off that with at the power levels. Yeah. Okay, at the power levels because remember these are the pe- people that let the Jews in in the first place. Let I mean the Nazis, the Nazis in. in. Yeah. Let the Nazis in in the first place. Exactly. So what, these are, the, what, these are the same the same people who let the Nazis in are the same people who turned away the Jewish refugee boats. Yes. Yes. That's the exactly. same people. Yes, all those those boats and things. You know, I, it, so it don't is, tell me, you know, don't tell me that that wasn't an issue, right? And I would say that maybe the fifties and the well, the sixties. It starts late fifties, then yeah. the sixties, um, and then the seventies. Norman Lear, yeah, uh, Rob Reiner. I mean, I can give give you n- name after name after name, right? And go, yeah, they were seminal. They. And but you're talking about popular culture. I'm yes. talking about seats of power. Yes, and seats. Well, okay, and this is what this is. What this is about the seats of power are what are critical. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that's the problem. And within, as you say, and you can, if you were to say anything mm-hmm. like this, the whole business. Because the funny thing is, well, let's talk about the woman who got gassed. Yeah. Okay. So it turns out, right? She was a, she was a chemist and a science. Mm-hmm. So then, then Millie, the FBI person, who we haven't mentioned at all up until this point, the, no, uh, has, the black gay it, FBI lady who's on their tail, yeah, who's on their tail, and she and she's working. Well, I already knew that that her boss had to be part of this. Oh, of course. I, I mean, that was just obvious. I mean, to me, and she is blatantly. Like, like I, I I don't know if that character is problematic. She goes down, right? And I guess she stands in for those who believe in the system. Yeah. Um the naive people who believe in the system. Who believe in the system and that the system and justice will out and the rest of it. And of course Jonah is always on the fence because he doesn't kill somebody when she says, and then as 
somebody says to her later when she's she's almost killed and and they said to her and says i'll bet you 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 wish you hadn't yeah what uh, travis says to her yeah what it's travis like you're gonna regret not having killed me yeah travis yeah. says you're gonna regret not having killed me yeah you know, you and stopped him, she, and this is so everything that happens is on you. And immediately he kills his lawyer because his yeah. lawyer's Jewish, and he wants to, you know, get the Aryan nation going in the prison. Yeah. Oh, that was that. That's that is one of those scary things, which yep. of course, um, you know, follows through. But it, it. But the thing is, when she's down there, mm-hmm. right, and she sees this, and then she actually. Finds in a Bible a picture of this woman with Hitler. Yep. So, like, but I, of course, I'd assumed initially tells you something about Miami, right? <laughs> right. I assumed that she was Jewish. Yeah. And I found it really weird that she was being gassed, and I, I, I couldn't figure it out because this is all in the first episode, yeah, right? Of and I'm, I'm going, but, but, and then when you see the picture. And I suspect, of course, that was intentional. Mm-hmm. They want you that to was, think that. The assumptions exactly you have what, about people living down in Florida, the old people living in Florida. Yeah, you know, and and the fact that, uh, anyway, so what happens is that, and then she's, but she's going to go after them because they are killing people that she knows are evil. But she believes yeah. somehow she doesn't know too much. And then when she finds out about Paperclip, yeah. you know, and it, the naivete was really inter. I guess it needed to be in there. Mm-hmm. It's because the whole issue is: do these people have the right to kill the people they're killing? It is one of those yeah. conundrums of moral, moral, uh, morals, moral ethics. Yeah. Of it really is, is. somebody. Like, I don't do the past thing because, you know, it, it, it that that's irrelevant. Yeah. That it's irrelevant. It's what's done is done. Mm-hmm. And um, unintended consequences will always come. Yeah. They always come no matter how well-intentioned you are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and besides, if you thought that Hitler could have done this exactly on his own, no, of course he couldn't have. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, you kill one baby. Well, so what? Somebody else is going to show up. Yeah. Um, cynical in me, but um, it is it is it is the ethical issue, and I guess Millie is there even more so than Jonah. Like Jonah is for people like me, yeah, who um don't yeah, like the idea of it. these who understand that these people have gotta go, but don't like the idea of turning yourself into a murderer. And Millie is there for the people who believe that such a thing as justice exists and yeah. that anyone values it and that the system is working to make things better. Yes. And she's wrong about all of that. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's so, as I said, people with me who, who don't believe in the ca- in capital punishment. Yeah. Right? Well, no, but I mean, and this is where yeah. I, what I find interesting about the show is we can all debate about whether you should kill baby Hitler. And I always say, maybe kill baby all of the friggin' politicians who decided to humiliate Germany after World War One. One, yeah, please. Let, Maybe let, let's let, kill let's them go. as babies. Maybe that might get us a better result. But we the thing might. is, it's a different conversation. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that, but yes. <laughs> it's yeah. a different conversation about killing baby Hitler rather than, well, after he's done all the Hitler stuff, 
it's fine to kill him, right? I don't believe in the death penalty either. But you show me a Nazi and you say, should I shoot this person? I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I'm let me gonna, put it, I'm not yeah, let me put it this it. way. I'm not, I'm not going to turn you in. Yeah, I'm not going to turn you in. I might not pull the trigger myself, but if you tell me you just killed a Nazi, I'd be like, well, got to do what you got to do. <laughs> you know? I'm not it, sure it what that is. needed to be done. Yes. There are things that need to be done, as I said, if you got if you could just make sure that all of these people Oh, I don't know. It it is um it's, it's a I mean it's the show that brings up a lot of issues for us, obviously. Obviously. We're like I I I as I told you, I really, really enjoyed this. And yeah, I mean it's you fantastic. watch Oh my lord, and the scene with, with Rubinek and oh. and and Carol Kane with you know when they're young. Yeah. At the I train know. station. You know, oh. and then you hear the worst of it afterwards. Yep. Which is that yes, I remember you wouldn't let go of your little boy. Mm -hmm. And we and it took them four guards to wrench him from your arms. Yeah. Oof. After after this <sighs> after guy had been just shot, shot him. him. Yep. Oh my God! Yeah, that was a rough one. Yeah, but the know, show is so... full of the the show, and you can say it's exploitative. Fine, it is. It is a show that completely understands, you know, this kind oh. of the human aspect of the Holocaust, like the humanity no, of the people who did is... it and the humanity of the people who suffered. And what's into what's interesting, eh, is is that. That whole story, right? When when Al Pacino, Hoffman, yeah. right, Meyer Hoffman. tells 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 the story, right, of having to shoot, how he had to shoot. This is why he had never been in his life. Yeah, because he had to kill eleven people. He'd had to kill eleven people to save Jonas Safta, yeah. grandmother. Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. and you're looking at that. And and of course, of course, he was he was the one who was making upset. him do it. Yeah. He was the one who was making him do it. So he knew all of that. Yeah, he was there. And yeah. he was horrified by what he had done. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an interesting. <laughs> I mean, then that's the thing. And we can't fully talk about Meyer as a character until you see season two. And so we're going to save yeah. we're going to save this for that. But everybody's really interesting. Everybody does yeah. a good job. Uh, Joe, especially you're like, how did this Japanese guy end up there? Yeah. And then you realize, well, you know, the experience of being born in a concentration camp actually puts you very much on the page to understand what the Jews went through. It's not the same thing, but it's not as far removed as you want it to be. No, you know, there are horrors in the world. Like somebody was talking to me about, well, yeah, but you know, that doesn't help much. No, give me a break. I just finished reading a paper. Yeah. And she's, a, and she's talking about women, right? She's comparing sort of the Vestal Virgins and, and our society today and goes on and on and on and on. I docked her because she did not like, I didn't dock her a lot. Yeah. Okay. But I'm not sure she's going to make the A plus. She might make the almost A plus, because I, I doctor because she did not specify Western societies. 
All the things that she's talking about, about women, about all of this, right? And this torture. And let's, let's get down into... Yeah, Thailand. I'm. We haven't talked know. about the Buddha, and we're. I mean, the Dalai Lama, and we're not going to talk about the here. Dalai Lama because no, here. But I will tell you, Thailand. That's my only response. Mm -hmm. Thailand. Don't give me this. Don't give me this. Don't crap. give me this. Really Women only suffer in Western civilization. Crap. No, no. It was the other way around. That every all women. No, no. It was this. No. Which it was wasn't it? that. It wasn't that women were suffering. We're so much better off, even if it isn't imperfect. And this and the attitudes towards women in the world. Yeah. She kept saying. Ah, well, no. Yeah, no, sorry. If I wasn't clear. Yeah. It was that that she didn't say in the essay, okay, that okay, things are much better in the Western world. Yeah. And they are. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely things may not be perfect for us. God no. But the rest of the world, my good Lord, start watching TV from some of these other places. Start reading the history of these other places. Start talking about, mm. oh, you know, the I past know. and what's still going on today. And don't buy Thai. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, it's still, it's funny. That one, that one has still stuck. I don't buy like pad thai and when somebody wants to go to a thai restaurant i find another restaurant to go to and i don't even think that that's why i'm doing it mm -hmm. it's just that it's stuck it's stuck with it's you stuck. yeah well no someone running a uh, thai restaurant in ottawa has no connection to thailand effectively of course not but of course not. i do doesn't get matter that way it doesn't, but no. it doesn't matter it's to created me. that negative an association in you, and i understand yeah. It. Yeah. the word thai no i'm sorry not doing it not um, doing it. If you're wondering where this comes from, you can look up history of uh, child sexual exploitation in Thailand and uh, just Google that and then uh, hate us for making you Google that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, fundamentally, uh, and I'll, I'll wrap this up here by saying it really is, it's a powerful show and yeah. it might not be as powerful for you as it is for us. It might not trigger your you as hard as it triggers us because again we have close in addition to you know knowing a lot of people who were in world war ii uh on both sides uh, <laughs> we we have a very close personal connection to this stuff and you add to that the fact that we are both frankly obsessed with the history of uh the persecution of jews in the world it's it's going to hit us harder than it hits a lot of people um i have a jewish friend who is constantly frustrated that i know more about them than them about the history of judaism and i'm like no i don't know about the ceremonies or no, i can't I, <laughs> I can't tell you about the ceremonies and i can't tell you about what happens inside shul but i can tell you about the diaspora <laughs> i can tell you about you know all of the wars that Rome did against the Jews that set up, you know, 2,000 years of persecution <laughs> that is oh, continuing yeah. to this day, you know? So, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting history. And it's we are obsessed with it. And this one's your fault. Uh, that, that one's your fault because you let me see uh, <laughs> History of the World Part 1 when I was five years old. 
And I became fascinated by the concept of the Spanish Inquisition. And then that has kind of stuck with me the rest of my life. Yeah, well, some things do. I mean, yeah. there, yeah, I, it, I, it has never, ever, well, and of course, mine, I come by it simply because in my family, like the family I grew up in, mm -hmm. right? You never, ever, ever, ever countenance anything that was, could be even remotely called um, anti-Semitism. Yeah. Even the 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 little minor stuff. No, even I, the microaggressions. None of the it microaggressions. Ever. My Never mother. Say, my... If if you hear someone say "Jew somebody down," you confront that person immediately. And the funny thing was, there were there were a few terms that that I I can't say that I was perfect at all of this in the years of the sixties and the seventies mm. because there was so much of these microaggressions yeah, that you didn't even sort of think about it. And here's the bizarre part mm -hmm. is that I used a term once and probably was a term like Jew someone down. And it was my husband, my husband of all people, of all people. And you know, which husband, my first of, husband. <laughs> of all people that said, no, how this man turned into anyway, yeah, it's a whole other conversation. Yeah, it, it, it's a whole other conversation. But the point was that I mean, my mother called my father-in-law out. That oh, was yeah. a real uh, over. If this was during Christmas. My parents had come down, and my in-laws had come, and we were all sitting around. And my father-in-law started on about Jews. My mother shut him down immediately. It was not. Pleasant. Yeah. Ask me why that marriage didn't work. <laughs> well, no, but and this is what I talk about, and this is why it's so personal to me. Like because it is, it is as close to our family as it can be without us being Jews. You know, yeah. it's not our pain, but it's as close uh, as you say. You know, my grandmother <laughs> helped hide Jews during the war. You know. Yeah. Helped hide uh, our family did a low, you know, a low grade Oscar Schindler in helping people hide and helping preserve Jewish businesses. So the Nazi so people would have to come something to come home to because you hear about all the people in friggin Poland who got out of the concentration camps and came home and spoiler alert, all of their stuff had been taken by the locals who had no interest in giving it back. Yeah. You know, that that happened a lot. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, the the thing that our family did was, it's not miraculous, but it's notable because a hell of a lot of people didn't do that. Yeah, and that's, and, and, and it, as I say, it's, it is just something that has it's just, made me cry forever. It's been like, part I, it, of our story for so long that we, you know. Yes, <laughs> and therefore. We forget all how of, big it is. Yeah. And all of those parts in Christianity that I, which I was raised with, and then you get the fundamentalist parts of it. And they, they mind you, uh, you didn't, but that's because I grew up in Sault Ste. Marie, which had very few Jewish people in it. Mm -hmm. Um, it, 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 it's, yeah, I, it, 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 I have to kind of look at that. It's not like it was 
it's like it had very few Chinese people. There were no blacks in Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah. Not at all. No, no, whether we would call them African Canadians or African Americans. Yeah. You did see some African Americans at the Air Force Base in the American side, but, but nobody nobody lived in Sault Ste. Marie. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a it's a cloistered way to grow up. It's a cloistered way to grow up. And what the first time I went, except for knowing about the horrors of the war, because yeah. in in some ways it was it was a it it wasn't a it was what my parents wouldn't say mm-hmm. or wouldn't watch. Yeah, that would tell you that there's something wrong here. That that there are things that they just were too horrible to talk about, yeah. and they are what you would call secondary victims. Yeah, particularly I would call my mother a secondary victim. Absolutely. Uh, uh, in in the sense that yes, Holland because it capitulated so quickly, they didn't get entirely blown up the way Poland. That's did, right. Yes, but that's right. they were still under the Nazi thumb. Well, it, and it was horrible. I mean, I do remember my mother once talking about how horrible it was that, you know, that that when she was working in the hospital and then there would be Nazis like these SS guys mm. standing at the doors of some of their patients, right, that they were taking care of, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you take them to the hospital, take care of them to put them, what, to torture them? To, to torture them. them some more is the answer. Yeah. To go back to torturing them. Like that's, you know, that's, I, this is the world that really was that people have lost track of, that have yeah, lost sight people, of. Yeah. And, and like uh, you, you hear, you want to be horrified, uh, you know, when you hear about what's going on with torturing and murdering people in Russia and the Middle East, and you're like, we're not that far away from that. You know, no. none of us are. We no, like to think that kind of stuff doesn't happen here, you know, but it does. And it has, I mean, it happens right now in America, but it's like people living in Germany, people living in Holland, people living in France like to think they're separate from that, but it's just not the case. We're not that far away from it. This, this still exists in living memory. And the reason we need shows like Hunters is to make sure that when it's not in living memory, that the story keeps getting told. Yeah. Because we're not that far from it not being in living memory anymore. Sure. You and I are both going to live to see everyone who was there for the Holocaust not being alive anymore. Well, you for sure. Oh, you, I, I imagine you as well. Probably me too. Probably you as well. It's not yeah. that far off. You know, the youngest kids who were born during the Holocaust, they're in their eighties, you know, they're in their eighties and then their nineties. Like it's, it's not that far off. No. Yeah. All right. Uh, so on that oh, yeah. horrifying <laughs> note, uh, uh, on that for a horrifying note, we're going to leave you this week. We'll be back soon with uh, season two of Hunters, which uh, watch before we talk about it, because it's uh, it's all about Hitler. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I think you're going to have a good time. I think you're going to find it very interesting. <laughs> we'll talk about it when we get there. All right. Uh, for now, though, <laughs> thanks for listening if you have any questions if you need comments if there's any profiling related fiction you'd like us to check out or you know what stuff about nazis we'll watch that too uh drop us a line at profiling criminal minds at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you if uh 
you're listening to this on an app or podcast, be sure to rate and review. That's how people find the show. We'll see you back here on Thursday for the new episode of Cracker, the worst episode of Cracker. And then <laughs> next week for more of this. Uh, I'll see you soon. But until then, I'm going to say that's right. Au revoir. Have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.